welcome to Feathers in My Hair, a Teen Mom Deep Dive podcast. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hi. Hello, everyone. Okay, there is a shit ton of Teen Mom news to talk about. And there was no new episode this week, which... (laughs) For reasons that I will discuss, Team Mom OG is over. They're not doing a reunion. They didn't even try it with the virtual reunion. Thank God. And uh, Corey's baby special was supposed to be on this week, but it was not, as I'm going to discuss. So here's the agenda. I just like wasn't feeling inspired to do a throwback episode. So I decided that I was going to do a like, I posted on my Instagram, like Teen Mom Ask Me Anything. And I got like 20 questions, which is I'm always like, this doesn't feel like enough questions, and I'm always only able to answer like six or seven, (laughs) and I have to skip a bunch. So it's enough questions. I'm going to go over all of the news that happened this week, or I'm going to try. So much fucking happened. And then I'm going to answer some of the team mom ask me anything questions, and I think that will be a lovely little episode. You guys know I like to do these ask me anythings because they are easy, and honestly, I, I just... It's nice to, like, just answer questions and freeform talk as opposed to, like, being, taking notes and being like, oh, well, I don't, you know, like, I like, I like the ask me anything format. So, yeah, I think that's the plan. That's what I'm going to do. So, shall we begin? <laughs> where shall we begin? In the words, in the infamous words of Esther Peril, where shall we begin? I think we should begin, I guess, with Taylor and Corey. I think that's probably the biggest news of the week, and I think it fuels a lot of the rest of the news. So, as you all know, uh, we are, for the first time ever, as a society, have decided that we're going to hold racists accountable for being racist. I know, everybody take a a collective gasp, if you will. (laughs) It's truly shocking to me as well. Kristen and Stassi and Brett and Max from Vanderpump Rules were fired. Got a lot of attention, a lot of press, they got fired. Then, somebody that's on the challenge, I believe her name is D, got fired. I don't watch the challenge, don't care about the challenge. But apparently she was big in the challenge world and it was pretty, like, crazy. I guess when D got fired, Corey tweeted, <laughs> he's so fucking stupid, he tweeted something like, let the floodgates open, basically being like, let's fire the rest of the racists. Uh, except I guess he forgot that his girlfriend, his current girlfriend, who is on MTV with him, has a history of racist tweets, which we have discussed on this podcast before. MTV decided that they were going, the tweets, of course, go viral again on Twitter. I really think a big part of it is that Corey kind of was like, yeah, let's fucking go. The floodgates are open. And people are like, why would you say that when you are ha- you live with and have a baby with one of the people on the challenge that is notoriously racist? I actually don't know if Taylor was on the challenge. I think she was just on X on the Beach or You the One, one of those fucking shows. So, But she's in the MTV. I guess all of these shows that aren't Teen Mom, including shows like Gordy Shore... <laughs> are now part of the the challenge universe because obviously they no longer do real world or road rules, so they have to pool younger talent from places. And my understanding is that most of them come from shows like X on the Beach and Are You the One? Um, I guess they also pool just like random reality TV people from non-MTV series as well, is my understanding. So that's the deal with the challenge people. So Taylor is part of the challenge cinematic universe even if she hasn't been on the challenge, which I don't know about. Okay. So I really do think that Corey doing his little his little tweet show off really uh, angered the Twitter crowd. They made Taylor's tweets go viral again. And that night, <laughs> Corey and Taylor's baby special was to air Tuesday night. Um, MTV pulled the special. Pulled the special without saying anything. Everybody assumed it was Taylor's tweets. Taylor then releases a statement saying that um, in the last week, she's decided that her and her daughter are no longer going to be on Teen Mom because they don't want to be on reality TV anymore. Hmm. Coincidence. Uh, About a couple hours later, MTV releases a statement that is like, we have fired Taylor and we pulled this special. We will not be airing it. Although I will say it did air in MTV Canada. So I guess it's floating around out there. 
I truly don't care enough to look because I probably wasn't really going to watch it anyway. Um, I don't know. I would like, maybe I would watch it and recap it and do an AMA this week because I'm sure it was not enough to do a whole episode. Excuse me. I have hiccups. I always have the fucking hiccups. I'm sure it wasn't enough to do a full episode on, but maybe I would have watched it just because there was no other Teen Mom this week. Um, So, yeah, that's what they said. They said that Taylor has been fired. So, Taylor looked like a fucking idiot. Corey gets on Instagram Live the next day crying. Um, My thing is, I think it is wild, wild for Corey to say on the show when Taylor has been fired. If I was Taylor, I would be feeling so disrespected as a partner. I guess they can't really afford for Corey to leave the show. Apparently, Corey met up with MTV this week, and this is the deal that he struck with MTV. Although, you know, who fucking knows how true this is? But somebody on Instagram, (laughs) all of my sources, I'm like, well, someone on Instagram (laughs) says that Corey secures the bag. Increased rates for the challenge in Teen Mom, top five highest paid males on the challenge, enhanced storylines and increased screen time for the challenge, guaranteed challenge availability. I wonder if guaranteed challenge availability means that he's always able to go on the challenge or anytime the challenge wants him, he'll agree to go. I wonder what that means. Uh, Taylor won't be dragged by MTV, but she can never come back. New Daughter will also not be featured. And Taylor has to be kept in line. No lawsuits, exposés, or tell-all articles. Now. Could I believe that's true? Um, like, sure. I could believe that that's true. I am sure that Corey wasn't going to get fired in the wake of all of this because it would be a really bad look to fire Corey, a half black man. <laughs> you know, when all of this is going down and they're firing racists, I don't think MTV would be firing Corey. Now, how do I feel about Taylor being fired? <sighs> look. As I said on Instagram this week, I feel very too bad, so sad about Taylor being fired. I think Taylor is a terrible reality TV star. As you all know, I think she is truly like a charisma vampire. Like not only does she not have any charisma, anytime she's in a scene (laughs) and is in the room, she's like sucking the energy out of everybody else in the room. I think she's really bad on reality TV and so I'm fine with her being fired. Uh, for the basis of her just not being good on the show alone. Two, I'm fine with her being fired for her racist tweets because I don't really care if people get fired for being racist. Oh, I forgot to add. Apparently, when she was on the show that she was on, she spit on a black cast member and the black cast member is claiming, claiming sounds very accusatory, but is alleging that um, Taylor was also using slurs to her and that their fighting was racially motivated. So I think that may have tipped the scales, that cast member coming out and saying that, more than it just being the bad tweets. Okay, here's the thing though. I think it's kind of crazy to fire her on the tweets alone, if it is just on the tweets alone, because MTV already had her (laughs) on camera apologize for the tweets. They had a whole thing. With Cheyenne forgiving her for the tweets. It was a fucking storyline. And then we all moved on from it. Do I think that she should be fired for tweets from 2012 when she was 18 years old or however old she was? Like, no, I guess not. (laughs) And I, like, I mostly feel like she shouldn't be fired for it because MTV obviously knew about this, was obviously okay with it, and put a whole fucking storyline together so the audience and Cheyenne could forgive Taylor and we could all move on. To me, that's where it's, like, very hypocritical. It's not that the tweets are old. I think that if you are on a show and you get exposed tweets from, even if they're from 2011 or 2012, and you're saying a lot of derogatory things about black people, I don't care if you're fired. I think that that is fair game. Uh, I don't think anybody deserves the platform of reality television. And I think that if a brand decides that you are not representing them well, they have every right to fire you. Do I think that it's like a MTV PR move? Yeah, because like you already knew about this. (laughs) Not only did you know about it, you featured it on your fucking show. So for you to now be like, we do not support any anti-black racism. It's like, well, yes, you do. Because you let Taylor come on your fucking show and apologize for it. 
and talk about it. So like, why it does like to me, that's where it just is PR moves. But I will say like, I'm not upset that um, people that are racist and participating in anti-black racism are being fired. Um, even if it is a PR move, like that's fine. I mean, I do have questions for Viacom in general, like how many senior management positions uh, are black people in, in their company? What are their black employees paid versus their white employees? I would imagine Viacom has much greater steps to take uh, than just firing Taylor. I just think it's like obviously stupid PR. I think that they shouldn't have fired her because they already like acknowledged what happened on the show and let her stay on the show. So I think it's kind of shitty to now fire her, but I don't feel bad about it. I hope that makes sense what I'm saying. Like, I'm okay with her being fired on principle. I just think it's stupid the way that MTV has handled this. And I think, honestly, in the end, it just makes MTV look really bad. And Corey for saying on a show in which his girlfriend was fired and they pulled his fucking baby birth special from air. And now he's just going to play with MTV, play the game with MTV and be the MTV star. That's a shitty partner. Okay, in that regard, I've seen a lot of people then bring up Cheyenne's tweets. I've talked about Cheyenne's tweets on this podcast before. In fact, feel free to go read my reviews because I think there are at least two of them mentioning that I excuse Cheyenne's racism. I have always and will always and will never change from the stance that I do not believe that Cheyenne should be fired for them and I do not believe MTV is hypocritical for keeping Cheyenne on the show because she had her tweets. In her tweets, Cheyenne had watched the movie The Help and tweeted that she hated white people and she wanted to kill white babies. Now, is that a stupid tweet? Yes. Is that a hurtful tweet? Yes. Is that a harmful tweet? Yeah. Like, I'm not I'm not going to sit here and be like, it's really great that she texted that she wanted to kill white babies. No. No. That's not good. Nobody's saying that's good, but what I'm saying is that I do not believe that her tweets are comparable to anti-black racist tweets, just like I don't really believe, not not really, I don't believe in reverse racism. I believe her tweets were shitty. I don't believe they were a fireable offense. I don't. I'm sorry. And if anybody has a problem with that, like, this is not the podcast for them. <laughs> because that has been my position. That will always be my position. And if you don't get it, then I need you to read some books. I need you to educate yourself because this is a Team Mom podcast and I can't, I don't have time to educate everybody on why the 400 years of oppression behind uh, Cheyenne's tweets put them in a different context than Taylor's tweets. You should read the book, New Jim Crow. Hell, read the fucking help, the worst book. Watch The Help. Hate that movie. But maybe watch it and understand why Cheyenne was so fucking mad. You know? As opposed to, like, Taylor tweeting that, like, black pussy is disgusting or whatever she said. I just, I think it's okay that we all acknowledge that her tweet, Cheyenne's tweets were stupid. They were dumb. They were hurtful. They're offensive, but they're not fireable. You know? Like, not every offensive thing that somebody does is fireable. And I don't believe Cheyenne's tweets to be. And if you have a problem with that and you do not agree with my perspective on racism and power and oppression, then that's your right. But it's not changing over here. So, so that is what it is. And that's the type of space that I'm creating. And that's the type of space that I'm cultivating. And if you don't feel comfortable being part of that, then I invite you to not be part of that. Okay. What else do I want to talk about? Oh, okay. So, other things that have come up in context of this. Taylor McKinney, Macy Bookout's husband, once again, his old tweets are resurfacing. They've already been up, like, we've seen them before. I'm sure I've talked about them on the podcast before. If not, I'm pretty sure I post them on my Instagram. Like, these are not new, like, they're not newly known. But Taylor McKinney in 2012 tweeted a bunch of gross shit, a bunch of gross shit. Uh, using the F slur, using the N word, uh, being extremely homophobic, just disgusting, disgusting tweets. Should Taylor McKinney be fired for these? Sure. What do I care? <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Taylor McKinney won't be on Teen Mom OG. Oh, I'm crying over it. 
No, I don't care. If MTV wants to fire him for being racist, homophobic, and I think there were also some transphobic stuff in there, fucking feel free, MTV. Feel free. I invite you to do that, especially considering these have never been brought up on the show and there's never been a reckoning of it on the show. So actually, Taylor McKinney, as opposed to Taylor, whose last name I don't care to know because she's that boring. (laughs) They're not really comparable situations. Do I think they'll fire Taylor McKinney? No, I don't. I don't think so. Because I think Macy is their golden child on Team OG. And I do think if they fire Taylor, Taylor McKinney, Macy Bookout will probably stand with her man. Unlike Corey Wharton. You know, like, I think that Macy is much more likely to leave Teen Mom if they fire Taylor than um, Corey would be for firing his Taylor. Do Like, I just, I don't think they're going to fire him. I don't think so. Should Taylor apologize for them? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, another thing is that Things That Matter, TTM, is selling a black li- a shirt that's going to benefit Black Lives Matter organizations. It has an MLK quote on it. It's fine. It's great. Whatever. Good. Except they also um, have a shirt on their website that is like one of those Blue Lives Matter flags. And they donate all the proceeds of that to some fan's police department. So like... <laughs> This is what I mean by be critical of influencers and the things that they post in regards to, like, racism. <laughs> First of all, donating to a police, like, department? Like, what? <laughs> I can't. I can't. I can't. It's so fucking stupid. Okay, so, yeah. What I'm saying is that Macy and Taylor talk out of both sides of their mouth. And that should be surprising to absolutely nobody. I just, I don't know. I, like, do, do I think he should be fired for it? Sure. Do I think he will be? No. Um, what, like, would I advocate for Taylor being fired for this? No. No, I guess not. Just like I wouldn't advocate for Taylor, Corey Taylor to be fired for that. Like, I, I guess not. But like, would I be upset if it happened? Absolutely not. Okay. So then there's Kale's litany of racism. <laughs> It's not funny, but it, like, it is in a way. It's funny because it, no, it's not funny. The reason I'm kind of laughing is just because, like, yeah, we've been new, right? Like, we've known about this shit. How many times have I talked about on this podcast, Kale's racist history, her all lives matter stance? Those tweets went around again. Kale loves to retweet a tweet featuring the N-word. Loves to retweet that. Um, She once posted text message screenshots of her friend, and her texting and her friend who is white, I don't remember which friend it was exactly, uses the N-word. And then Kale posts that. Uh, we will obviously never forget Kale telling Joe that Isaac's hair shouldn't be cut like that because he's a little white boy. And that's not a haircut for a white boy. Um, somebody pulled up a clip of her talking about Javi's groomsmen and that she didn't like the color that they were picking out with the suits because it wouldn't look good on their dark skin. Kale has been racist five ever. She, you know, her use of the PFA system against men of color, particularly Chris, a black man. Um, When she used to, like, when she was dating, I guess, Chris and wasn't telling anybody, she would post on Snapchat. She would do an out, like, a, a stick figure and make him black and be like, it's Brown Bay. I don't know if she actually said Brown Bay or if Reddit just called her Brown Bay, but that's, that's what she, she did. <laughs> So she also during, like, she was, she supported Trump. She's anti-vax. Once she used Anne Frank's persecution to be comparable to people that are persecuted for being anti-vax. I mean, Kale has done every bad thing you can possibly imagine. She, as we know, assaulted her partner, Javi, on camera. Um, She's done every bad thing. Uh, So this petition on change.org, which, by the way, we're not supporting change.org. Stop going on change.org. This petition on change.org was going around. I didn't repost it because I immediately clocked it as probably being fake. It was claiming to be a family member of Chris saying that Kale, they had Kale on tape using the N-word and calling Chris the N-word. And a bunch of other stuff about how she's keeping Chris from her children, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Or his his child. 
Um, I immediately was like, this is weird. It's just showing up on, like, a Team Mom fan page and not any of, like, did any of, I was like, did any of Chris's relatives post this? And it didn't seem to be coming from anyone. So it's like, okay. And then I was like, well, if they have a tape of her saying the N-word, why don't they just release the audio? Like, why do we have to sign a petition? Like, just release the audio and she'll probably get fired from the show. Um, and... Kale got Chris to agree that it was fake. Chris agreed that some of the stuff in the petition was accurate and he wouldn't be commenting on that, but he's never heard Kale say the N-word. So that part of it was a lie. So I just take it to mean that the whole petition was a lie. And by the way, the petition was stop supporting coffee convos, not even get Kale off Teen Mom, which is very weird. (laughs) It's very weird. Didn't make any sense to me. I was very, very, very confused. So Reddit is now going very, very hard for Kill to be fired, just posting the racist stuff that she's done nonstop. Fine. Kill deleted her Twitter. By the way, I think it's so that people could would stop being able to pull up screenshots, but the screenshots already exist. Do I think that Kale should be fired from Teen Mom for being a racist? Sure. <laughs> okay. Once again, though, it's like MTV has known this. Almost all of the stuff that people accuse her of being a racist for comes directly from the show in which MTV featured it with no problem. So it's very hypocritical. It is. It's very hypocritical. But do I think Kale should be fired? Okay. That's great. Once again, I'm like, I'm not contacting sponsors, but Kale's racist as fuck. If they want to fire Kale for that, I'm fine with it. I am fine with that. So that leads me to something that Ashley posted yesterday, Friday, in which the Ashley claims that all Teen Mom cast members, OG and 2, need to, before they can be on the next season, even though they've already filmed a whole season of Teen Mom 2, they need to agree to undergo background checks and a total social media um, evaluation. I don't know what the word is, but like a total social media evaluation where they go through every single social media account they've had for 10 years, whether it exists or not anymore. Um, what? (laughs) A background check? First of all, I had somebody, I won't use their name because they told me they worked in the business and they worked on MTV or they worked on Viacom shows before, not MTV, but Viacom shows. And all of those cast members went underwent background checks and he finds it impossible to believe that the Team Mom cast members didn't go through background checks back when they were hired and they first got on 16 Pregnant. That I agree with. Second of all, do I agree with them going through all of their social medias and if they find stuff they don't like, they can fire them? Okay, sure. Uh, I kind of think actually what they want to do is go through them and scrub everything they can from the internet (laughs) so that they're not embarrassed again, like the Taylor stuff. Uh, That would be my best guess. The background check? What? What? What are they talking about? First of all, the majority of the people that are featured on this television show have been on this show since they were under the age of 18. That's first things first. Next thing, they have been featuring these people doing illegal activities for the last 10 years on camera. So now you're telling me that anybody that does anything illegal isn't allowed to be on Teen Mom? What? That is, that's like the antithesis of this show. Like, may we remind you that Amber has been filmed beating her boyfriends. Janelle, with Jace in the front seat, followed some guy and pulled a fucking gun out on him at his house. Ryan nodding out high while driving. The list goes on and on and on of illegal things they've showed, including this entire last season where they framed Andrew to be the bad guy and Amber to be the victim. Okay. So, the background check and the social media tweets. Like, does this mean Amber's going to get fired? Does this mean Ryan's going to get fired? Does this mean, I don't know, whoever the fuck else is going to get fired? (laughs) Like, it just doesn't make any sense. If you're going to do this, then just cancel this whole fucking show. Because the whole point of the show is people, like, doing bad things and featuring it. Or at least... (laughs) In my opinion, that's the point of this show. So where do you draw the line, right? Like, where is the line drawn? It doesn't, I, it doesn't make any sense to me. It makes no sense to me. What they 
are, think they're going to accomplish with background checks. Like, a background check for Amber, but all of her shit is in the news. Uh, why would you need to pay somebody? You covered all of her shit on this fucking show. <laughs> it's so, it's so mind-blowingly confusing to me. I literally can't wrap my head around this because I'm so confused by it. I'm so confused by it. Okay, I need to take a quick break and then I'll get on with the information of this week. Okay, next thing. Janelle freaked out and I guess discovered um, Reddit. (laughs) I guess she didn't know what Reddit was before. And now she's threatening to sue Reddit. As a result, Reddit is constantly calling her redacted. If you're curious about that, if you look at Team Mom Reddit, they're calling her redacted because Janelle threatened to sue for harassment. Is it harassment? No. Can she sue? No. Well, I mean, anybody can sue anybody for anything, but could she have a successful lawsuit? No. That's kind of all that's going on. It's not... Reddit feels very proud of themselves that they have Janelle's attention, but nothing's actually going on. (laughs) She's not actually going to do anything. Um, I think that's... That's really all... Like, I know everyone's like, can you please, like, update us on the Janelle Reddit stuff? Like, I was going to, and then I was like, well, actually, nothing's actually happening Janelle just posted screenshots of people talking shit on Reddit and was like, I'm going to sue for harassment. And then everybody on Reddit freaked out. And then they were like, ah, I'm so amazing. Janelle's noticed me. Ah, I'm going to post directly to Janelle. And that that's it. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I don't know how else to describe it because nothing's actually going to come from that. And Janelle has been aware of people hating her for a very long time. So it's not, <laughs> I don't know. Not Like, I'm just not sure what else to say about it besides that. I think the only other breaking news is that it just came out about five minutes ago, although I I can't 100% tell if this is a reliable source or not, that David got arrested for pistol whipping one of Janelle's friends. (laughs) So it's from this site that I guess Janelle has posted to her Facebook before and has talked to exclusively before. So it's not crazy to think it could be weird but nobody else has it yet um and I just on reddit somebody posted like that he was arrested and he's out of custody but there's not actually any details on what happened like there's no charges attached to it um so I don't know you know like he could have been arrested for anything I don't know how true any of this is is what I'm saying it could very well be all true it could very well not be true at all Okay, so this is what <laughs> MTV's Teen Mom OG, well, once again, he, you know, this is what I mean. Is this real? Because he was never on Teen Mom OG. David Eason has been arrested and charged for assault with a deadly weapon. David Eason was arrested after pistol whipping a gentleman. <laughs> okay. If you don't know what pistol whipping means, it's like hitting someone in the face with usually the butt of a gun. It hurts really fucking bad, I would imagine, because guns are very solid. <laughs> I would imagine it hurts quite, quite, quite bad. So he now faces charge of assault with a deadly weapon, along with a second charge of communicative, that's not how you say that, oh, I can't, guys, threats. It is safe to say that Janelle Evans and David Easton are finally done for good. It's safe to say that, is it? Janelle will be filing a restraining order Monday morning after being denied due to the judge not being available until then. That also confuses me. I mean, I understand, like, COVID's going on, but North Carolina, from my understanding, has been open for quite a while, and there are always judges available for restraining orders. Like, there are, like, you can always get an emergency restraining order. Like, from, as far as I know, like, a judge stays on call on the weekends, is what I'm saying. Janelle Evans was not hurt in any way, nor were any of the children. The fight broke out after two of Janelle's friends went back with her to collect some of her belongings. So I guess she had already left? This doesn't make any sense. That's when David got into a heated argument with one of the men over his truck keys, and David struck one of the men with a pistol. David misplaced his keys. Neither Janelle nor any of the men were in possession of the keys. They were found by David later. Janelle Evans had this to say exclusively to Celebrination. I'm shaken and saddened by this. It's time for me to move on from this relationship and find happiness for my kids and myself elsewhere. Janelle is currently staying at a relative's home as David Easton was let out of jail on an unsecured bond. 
North Carolina law allows for anyone to be released on bond without a deposit or any money. This is how David was set free after being picked up by Friday evening around 8.30 p.m. A warrant was set out for his arrest after Janelle and her friends went to the magistrate to file a police report. One of the men that went with Janelle had injuries on his back and neck from the weapon. This is when the state decided to file felony charges against David Eason. Oh, and they and a warrant was set for his capture. Oh, she posted the the website posted the. I can't zoom in on it. Hold on, hold please. I just took a screenshot so I can zoom on on it. Um, this is a subpoena. Assault with a deadly. Okay, I mean sure. Okay, maybe that was egg on my face that I didn't read all the way down <laughs> to confirm this. Also, Math McKee posted a tweet that said, what did it say? Like, when you're an idiot and don't listen to your siblings, so you make a status on Facebook before knowing your facts, and now it's posted in articles on the daily with the, like, hand over face emoji. Hashtag, never again will I do something so irrational. So, you know, on the backtrack... <laughs> On Mackenzie Backtrack Watch, that's where we are. Okay, I think that is all of the Teen Mom news this week. Uh, I think that there will be more Teen Mom news next week in regards to firings or things like that. I don't know. I guess we'll see. I'm not really sure what to expect when it comes to that. Like, I, I'm very, like I said, I'm very confused by the background check thing. So I just, so I don't really know where MTV goes from there. Okay, first question Gina D. Justine asked, what do you think the deal with Chris Lopez is? Why does he not want to do the show, but he continues to go on Instagram Live, etc.? This is a great question that I truly cannot figure out an answer for. He refuses to go on the show, but he's like constantly, constantly, constantly vying for attention online. So it seems like he really does like the attention. So I think part of it is that he doesn't want to go on the show because he, de he doesn't want to like give that to Kale. I think that is a big part of it because I think Kale probably really wants him to go on the show because obviously he's such a major part of her storyline. And so when he won't go on the show, it's kind of like a fuck you to Kale because I think that's the type of relationship they have. And adding to that, I think that he goes on live and he keeps his accounts public and he's like constantly talking about all this shit because that's a way for him to flaunt in Kale's face that he, like, I think it's just a way to get at Kale. I think almost all of their behavior is a way to get at one another. They truly have one of the most unhealthy dynamics I've ever seen. Um, I know everybody thinks that Kale's obsessed with Chris and he wants nothing to do with her, but from what I can tell, it seems like Chris is just as obsessed with the chaos and playing games as Kale is, and oh, they're just so, so, so toxic together. Okay, uh, quite a few people ask me, like, do I think anybody is going to be fired from the main cast? And like I said, I honestly don't know. I don't know. I feel very confused by the games. Games feels a little like a weird word. But by, like, what MTV is doing with their PR, I feel really confused by the decisions they're making. It seems, it feels really hard for me to guess and to tell. Okay, what is next? Do you think Amber will be gone? I mean, <laughs> if they fire anybody, it has to be Amber and Kale, right? Like, those two, to me, feel like the most obvious. Amber may not have racist scandals, but, like, I think we all know what the <laughs> Amber's issues are. I think we, we know what Amber's issues are. And to keep her on the show while saying that, like, you want righteous people on your TV, basically seems really crazy to me. Um, I think Kale is much more likely to be fired by, than Taylor McKinney because, like I said, I think that they can do with... But Kale's also, like, one of the only ones that actually is drama on Teen Mom 2. I feel like if they're going to start firing main cast members, they should just cancel this show. I am a believer that, like, I'm fine with anybody being fired because, much like the Housewives, I feel like no job should be safe on reality TV. <laughs> Like, I don't have any problem with any of the cast members being fired, but I'm not sure. I guess they could fire Amber pretty easily. I think Amber could be fired pretty easily, and they could either bring somebody new onto Team Momoji or keep it at four. Uh, I think Mac McKee has really stepped up with her drama and has been very interesting. I also wonder how they're going to address Taylor stuff because the fourth wall is broken, so they'll have to talk about Taylor being fired and why she's not on the show anymore. Cheyenne will have to comment on all that. Corey will have to comment on all that. So that will be interesting. 
But I think they could easily fire Amber and Team Amoji could continue. I'm not sure how fire... I mean, I guess, theoretically, they could fire Amber and then bring Rachel Beaver onto Team Amoji. They could fire... Although she's so much younger, it would really stick out. They could fire um, Kale and bring Ashley Siren. Uh, Siren is not her last name. That's just what she goes by on Instagram. I always forget that. They could bring Ashley... What is her last name? I, I know it. But now it's like not... Ashley Jones? I think Jones is her last name. But they could fire her and bring Ashley and Barr from Team Mom OG. They actually are Team Mom Young and Pregnant. Now that I'm thinking about it a little more. By the way, I've like already forgotten that Jade is on Team Mom too. <laughs> already forgot about that. I guess they have such a pool of people now with Team Mom Young and Pregnant not being on the air. That I wouldn't be surprised if they fire people. But like, if you're going to fire people, like you can't really bring on the beavers. <laughs> Like, there's no way that Mal between Mallory and Rachel and their mom, there aren't racist tweets from them online somewhere. And uh, Ashley and Barr have their own host of issues, and Shen and her own host of issues, and Pastor T and her own issues. So it kind of feels crazy to fire Kale and then bring on Ashley and Barr, but I would be fine with that. I think, actually, that would be fun. And then Ashley and Jade would be on a show together again and could fight over it again. Ooh, that would be great. And I guess if they don't want to, like, take the risk on the Beavers, they could definitely bring Kayla on Team OG. Um, I think Kayla, energy-wise, would match very well with Team Mom OG. I wonder, though, if they would bring Ashley and Barr on Team Mom OG and put Kayla on Team Mom 2. I don't know if keeping the peace, if they would want to keep the peace or want to make the drama. So I guess it just depends on what their goals are in regards to that. But yeah, I think they could fire main cast members and not have to cancel the show. Because they do have all of these Team Mom Young and Pregnant girls that are no longer on television. Hell, they have those Team Mom New Jersey girls they could pull from. They also have, you know, Nicole from from 16 and pregnant, who's pregnant again, I guess, and just recently got engaged. Like, there are people they could pull from. Um, I'm sure there are other, like, challenge universe people that they would, they could put on. There's definitely, there's definitely people that they could pull up from the Farm League to put on the main, you know, to, what is it, the main dance? I don't think that's how you say it. But they definitely could do that. So I think it would probably be in their best interest, especially if they're firing white cast members and could make it more diverse. Because I will say that's one thing that Team Mom Young and Pregnant had going for it, that Team Mom OG and Team Mom 2 absolutely do not. Well, now they're a tiny bit more diverse with Cheyenne and Brie, but they could definitely, you know, fire Amber and then bring on Ashley, a black woman, in her place. They could definitely fire... Kale and bring on Kayla, who is white, but her significant other is black. Both of her children are half black. You know, they could actually add diversity to their shows, which they are very, they seem hesitant to do. But that would be an interesting dynamic if they did that. So maybe, yeah, they could honestly even fire Taylor McKinney and lose Macy and bring on one of the young and pregnant girls. So maybe I just talked myself into believing they will fire people. Do I want to see Kale fired just for the fucking meltdown? Yeah, of course. She has such a huge mortgage on that house. Ooh. And I think she still owns the other house. Ooh. Ooh, girl. I would love to see that fallout. Because I'm a bad person and I like to see fallout like that. I like to see misery in others. It's just my truth. I think a lot of people do, but they won't admit it. And I guess I'm I'm considering myself a better person than everybody else for being willing to admit that. <laughs> Just kidding. But I do feel like I would like to see the fallout of Kale fired. I do think that would be interesting. Also, I just, do you think, this person asked, do you think Amber will be gone with the new background check requirements? Like, this is a crazy question. I understand why you're asking that because as soon as I read that article, I thought, well, what about Amber? It just shows how fucking crazy this requirement is because they've featured all of this on television. <laughs> They did an Amber Prison special. <laughs> so what, they're going to run a background check on her now and figure out that she's a felon with multiple arrests? Oh, guys, we got Amber's background check back. We got some bad news on Amber's background check. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> 
so stupid. MTV, this makes no sense. I just truly hope that that whole thing is fake because it just makes so little sense to me. Okay, Hallis2293 says, who do you think is the most slash least racist? <laughs> this is a funny question. It's just like a, making me laugh. The idea of like ranking the mo- the least racist to the most racist. <laughs> I don't know. I think they're probably all pretty racist when it comes down to it. I would say the least racist out of the white cast members is probably, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the answer to that is. I think it's very hard to judge who the least racist is because none of these white cast members have particularly shown us to be uh, advocates against white supremacy. None of them have proven to be anti-racist. You know, a lot of talk in the last couple weeks is that just like not being racist or not having a racist bone in my body, as people always like to claim. (laughs) Whenever anybody says that, I imagine... I imagine them with no bones in their body, just the... Okay, when I was a kid, I was obsessed with... This is so weird. I was obsessed with, like, cutting dolls that had... Do you remember, like, Baby Alive? I think it was called that could, like, move its joints and stuff. Or, like, a stretch Armstrong. They would always have this weird gel inside of them. I used to like to cut it to see what was inside of it. I don't... That, I'm sure that says something about my fucked up childhood brain. Um... But that's what I imagine when someone's like, I don't have a racist bone in my body. I imagine them boneless with just gel inside. (laughs) It's just such a stupid saying. It's such a stupid saying. If you've been saying that, stop saying it. Uh, Because then it, it, the problem with the phrase, I don't have a racist bone in my body, implies that all racism must be like something that you're doing on purpose. And it has to be something that like you're aware of and thoughtful of. When that's not true, the reality is most of us white people do racist things by accident a lot because we live in a white supremacist society. And we live in a society that pr- promotes white supremacy. So many of us do racist things unconsciously without thinking of it. And while we may not actively in our brain judge people by the color of their skin and we may not actively in our brain have racist thoughts and we may not actively in our brain engage in racist behavior we do lots of subtle little things that are racist based on the fact that we are white and we live in a society that promotes white supremacy we have a lot of unconscious biases and behaviors so the idea that like i don't have a racist bone in my body means that you like The idea that you're not actively racist, which I think a lot of people may not be actively intentionally racist, doesn't mean that you can't then engage in racist behavior, which is why there's been a big push in the last few years to talk about anti-racism and to be anti-racist, which means you are consciously, constantly unpacking and identifying your racist behavior, your unconscious biases. Um, You're constantly fighting against the active white supremacism. You're trying to battle against it. You're not just not actively promoting it. So yeah, stop saying I don't have a racist bone in my body if you say that. (laughs) Um, So it's hard for me. I was like, how did I get here? You guys know me. Never know how I get to where I am when talking. What I wanted to say is it's hard for me to think about who is the least racist because as far as I know, I have not seen a lot of anti-racist behavior from any of the moms. Have I seen others that appear to be more racist? Sure. But that's, it's hard for me to judge. It is. It's just hard for me to judge. Who do I think is like least likely to like just come out and scream a racial slur? Actually, I don't know either. (laughs) I don't know. I was going to say Chelsea just because I feel like she's so fucking obsessed with, like, how she's perceived. But who knows when she gets really mad what she says and what she says behind closed doors. I mean, I think a lot of people would want to say that the most racist is Janelle, and I think I agree with that. Right? Like, I think agree. I agree that Janelle and Kale are probably ranking up there on most racist, but least racist, I just don't have an answer for for I just don't because I mean and it's hard to judge just based on what we see on the show because like for example 
you know, let's talk about Brie from Team Mom Young and Pregnant as an example. She is, she considers herself LGBT, part of the LGBT community. I think she's talked about being bi. She dates trans men. So you'd be like, well, Brie is the least homophobic or the least transphobic because she dates trans men. But then, like, those texts come out where she was being, like, disgustingly transphobic to that Jaden guy that she dated. So what I'm saying is you don't fucking know. And I assume that most of these uh, cast members are not actively educating themselves against racism and being anti-racist. So I don't know. Also, I do kind of like that we're now saying, like, ranking people from least racist to most racist. I like that we're aware of it, at least. (laughs) I like that we're thinking about it, you know? Okay, so, so beware says, does Tyler want a boy because Butch was a bad dad to him and he wants to make it right? Yes, I talked about this last week. Oh, okay. I want to talk about last week what I was saying about, one, I was calling it gender selection. I want to clarify that this is sex selection. Gender is not the correct word here. Gender is a social construct. I use gender selection over and over again. Uh, Somebody messaged me and said that it should be sex selection. I was like, you're 100% right. I also had a couple other people message me about um, why sex selection is inherently bad and it's because we live in a patriarchal society and it also really can be used uh, like for eugenics and I agree with that. As a concept, I do not agree with sex selection IVF. I think I wasn't clear on that last week because I was being so careful with my words. Part of the reason I don't like to be so careful with my words is because then I feel like I don't actually get my point across because I, some people message me with some criticism of what I was saying. I was like, actually, I totally agree with you. And I'm not sure why I didn't get that across in what I was trying to say. And I think it's because I was being so selective in my words. Here's the reality or here's my opinion. As a concept, I do not believe in sex selection IVF because I do believe it's a way for most societies to weed out girls, women, females, and focus on males. And I think that's a major problem. Do I have an issue specifically with Tyler and Caitlin wanting to have a male baby and like going to do IVF to do it? No, like I don't like I like if I'm being honest, no, but as a whole, I don't agree with it. So I also don't agree with Caitlin and Tyler doing it. I hope that makes sense. Like, I don't think they should do it because I don't really think anybody should do it. But like, I don't think just the two of them doing it is like, I don't think they have like evil misogynistic um, motivations when doing it. But I just don't really agree with it as a practice as a whole. And I think that people being able to kind of modify embryos like that or just select embryos like that can be really dangerous and really feed into eugenics. And that is definitely something that I worry about. So I know they don't modify embryos to do uh, sex selection. Also, the fact is like (laughs) that gender is a social contract. So the idea of like paying $25,000 so that you can get your male baby and then when the baby is two, they decide that they are a girl what do you do? What do you do then? So yeah, I just wanted to clarify that and make that clear and that I appreciate the people that messaged me uh, criticism about what I said because I agreed with basically all of them. <laughs> basically everything that people messaged me, I was like, yeah, that's right. It wasn't like a ton, not a ton of people messaged me to, with criticism, but I did, I basically agreed with it. Um, yeah, that's, that's the thing. Uh, what was I, I just said, what was I going to say? I don't know what I was going to say with else. Oh, yeah, Tyler does want a baby, a boy, because he wants to, like, recreate the relationship he had with his dad and do better. I did say that last week. I really do believe that to be true. And I think it's sad that Tyler doesn't recognize that he can correct that cycle and correct his feelings about it through his daughters. I do think that's sad. Okay, what's next? What the Nicole says, where will each teen mom be in 20 years? Doing Most of them will be, like, on a reality TV show loop, I guess, where they eventually, like, occasionally pop up on reality TV shows. I think that's the the truth for most, like, deadbeat reality TV stars. I doubt most of them will be working traditional jobs. Um, okay, so Elise Ariel says, do you think Aubrey and Paisley will have a similar relationship to Kale and her sister? Yes, I do. I don't think that Aubrey and Paisley 
have much of a relationship at all anymore. Um, I don't think that Nicole, um, I don't think that Taylor and so many Taylors on this show. I don't think that Taylor and Chelsea make any sort of efforts to get Paisley and Aubrey together anymore. I think since the adoption happened, it seems like Taylor isn't really interested in it. And I think we know that Chelsea isn't really interested in it. So I do not think they will have a close relationship. It seems like at most they see each other once a year, which is absolutely not enough to have a close relationship. I think unless they decide when they're teens or older that they want to have a close relationship. That could definitely happen. They they live a lot closer than Kale and her sister live, and they do have that childhood uh, foundation, but I do not think that either parent is facilitating a situation in which the girls can be close, and I think that's sad. Okay. Um, Bonita Heath says, Throne Leah didn't have a baby with Jason. When's her next relationship starting? I think that's just a coincidence that she didn't have a baby by Jason, because remember, she wasn't using birth control. So I think that was just luck. Um, I bet her new relationship has probably already started, and it's just not on the sh- like on social media. Oh, this is interesting. Give me free vibes. Says, which team mom did you dress most like in high school? Probably based on memory. It's kind of hard for me to totally remember the way they all dress. It was probably Farah. I all. I mean, I kind of had similar style since high school. Obviously, like I dress in trends and fads, so. Certain things I would never wear now and certain things I would have never worn then. But for the most part, I've always been pretty preppy. Um, and I would say Farrah probably had the closest style to me. Uh, I really liked just like jeans and a cute polo shirt, like a Lacoste shirt. I, but I was like very preppy in high school. I loved Lily Pulitzer and stuff like that. So yeah, I mean, but I've like always dressed like that my whole life, including now. So I'm not sure. I guess it's Farah. Definitely not Macy. Definitely not Chelsea. Definitely not Janelle. Definitely not Leah. Yeah, probably Farah. And I, I mean, I also think it's not surprising that Farah and I probably came from similar socioeconomic backgrounds, you know, like upper middle class, and we dress pretty similarly. I think that's not that surprising. Yeah, I think it'd be Farah. Because I remember Farah always kind of just was in like, like a flare jean and like a like a cute little polo or just like a cute little like t-shirt like pretty simple I've always been a pretty simple dresser although <laughs> lately with my tie-dye inspiration I'm like right now I'm wearing glasses that are basically look like they're tie-dyed my nails are all a different color I've been wearing like tie-dye head to toe I just bought these Tiva sandals that are color blocked so <laughs> weirdly I'm like the older I get I guess the less simple I'm getting <laughs> Oh, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. Okay, this one, uh, tell me all about it. It says, whatever happened to Farrah's friend Christina? She was her friend season one through season five. I genuinely don't remember who that is. <laughs> I don't remember Christina at all. Was that the girl that was her hairdresser? If so, I don't know. I think the answer is that Farrah didn't keep any of her friends and also she moved. You know, she doesn't live in Iowa anymore. She first moved to Florida, then Austin, now L.A. And I don't think fair makes lasting relationships. Uh, okay, Jenna Girl says, If you were forced to have one Team Mom cast member to interview on your pod, which would it be? I think Fiona actually asked the same thing. Okay, I would really like to... I think... <laughs> I think my answer is Kale because... Okay, hear me out. I think Kale's actually, first of all, I would never have, I never plan to, and I don't think I ever will have a cast member on my podcast. I'm not interested in that. I think it's really shitty to have people come on your pod and then you talk shit about them before and after. Like, I I don't see how I can have, like, a podcast that is about snarking on cast members and then have them on my platform that doesn't make any sense to me. I, I don't think it's right. Like, I could never be like, hey, Kale, do you want to come on my podcast? And then the next week talk about what a fucking idiot she was when she was gracious enough to come on my podcast. I also know that I'm a fucking suck up and I'm not like going to have someone on my podcast and like corner them and be like, why did you do X, Y, and Z? Because I'm not a journalist and I don't know how to do that. I would just suck up to them, much like I did with Kate and Tyler when I met them at that fight night thing. 
So I wouldn't want to have anybody on my podcast because I think it would change the entire tone of the podcast. I would no longer really be able to talk shit on that person and I would be a suck up to them. So I don't think it would be an enjoyable interview because I think everything I would ask and say would go against what I actually say on this podcast because I'm aware of myself and I know like how I am. But who would I like to have? Like the reason that I would pick Kale is because I think Kale is a person that talks a lot of shit so she can be interesting to hear interviewed. And I also think Kale has the gift of the gab, um, which is why I think she's actually quite good at podcasting. And so I think Kale and I could, like, get on mic and actually have, like, an interesting conversation and shoot the shit and be funny and laugh. And it would be enjoyable because she can gab. And I think the two of us could just have a little gab fest. But would I do that? No, I have no interest in doing that. I, on purpose, have not sought these opportunities out The reality is, is like my podcast could probably be more popular if I made an effort to get cast members on this, like to interview and producers and people that work in production. And like I could have done that, but I made a decision right from the start that I was not going to do that because I did. I've seen podcasts uh, of other reality TV shows do that and it always goes downhill in my opinion. So I'm just, I'm just not interested in doing that. Like I just couldn't in good faith, like, have Leah on this podcast and then the next week be like, she's such a fucking idiot, she couldn't get words out of her mouth. I want to be able to talk shit freely, and I don't want to be associated with any of the cast members as a result. The closest I would get to them is a meet and greet, where I gush at them and tell them how much I like them. And then it's not on tape. (laughs) That's my thoughts on that. Okay. Um, Nicole... Balma says, tell me how you feel Macy and Taylor should talk to Bentley about Ryan's addiction. I think they've actually been pretty good about it from what I can tell. It seems like Bentley understands that his dad is sick, but also makes a lot, because of his disease, makes a lot of bad choices that end up in bad consequences for him and that Ryan has to face those consequences. I kind of think that's, I mean, I don't know. It's hard for me to say, like, I'm not an expert in this. Like, I'm an addict, but I don't have experience talking to kids about their parents addiction and I'm also not a parent so like I don't know but my gut instinct says to be mostly truthful with them your dad has a disease it's called a drug addiction he didn't get here by choice but as a result of this he makes a lot of bad choices and as a result of that he has to face consequences for that I would explain you know when you don't get when you don't get do your homework you get in trouble at school Um, And I would just tell him he's sick, which is the truth, and that he, I think I would really emphasize, like, that a lot of the stuff that Ryan is dealing with and the things that happened to him are consequences of the choices that he's making, and really explain that, like, why he's making those choices is because he is sick. I think that's what I would say. Actually, I mean, but what I would really would do is get him a therapist, and I would speak with the therapist, and try and come with a plan of action to really like talk to the therapist to explain what's going on regularly and it would be a constant conversation not just one like a one-time thing okay Lindsay sc says best worst fashion style so many contenders for you i'd like for you to choose one um i would say worst is chelsea chelsea i think to me has the worst fashion because she seems to be trying so hard and it never looks good (laughs) or very rarely looks good Leah's, as Leah's gotten older, she looks mostly okay most of the time. I say mostly because sometimes she shows up looking crazy. Um, Amber's fashion is horrific. (laughs) I think we all know that. Amber's fashion is so, so, so bad. Macy's is just boring. I would like to see her mature up a little bit. Kale's is fine mostly, but once again... I feel like she often is wearing, like, her jeans are a little too ripped for me. (laughs) Yeah, I don't don't know who, if I would say any of these women have a good fashion sense. (laughs) I don't know if I look to any of them for fashion inspiration. Okay, um, Erin Duffy Om says, can you explain how you navigate Teen Mom Reddit? No? I don't, I'm not really, like, sure what this means. (laughs) I know that's an unsatisfactory answer, but the way that you learn to navigate Team Mom Reddit is that you learn to navigate Reddit 
for me, this stuff comes very easy. I've been an internet girl for a very long time, so Reddit is just another forum for me. I've been on forums for as long as I can possibly remember. Um, I don't, I barely remember a time before being on forums and communicating with strangers via the internet. So it's really, so when somebody says like, well, how do I use Reddit? I'm like, I don't know. Like you just use it. It's very second nature intuitive to me. And it's really hard for me to explain it to other people. And I'm not the person to come to because I didn't learn to use forums as an adult. I learned to do them when I was like literally eight years old, still on AOL. So, <laughs> so like, I, I don't really have an answer for that. I guess the answer is to just communicate, like to just leave comments talking about how you feel. I think that's the answer. I don't know. This is, that's a hard one for me. I feel like you either get it or you don't when it comes to like forums and internet stuff like that. And I'm somebody who gets it. And I think there are a lot of people who don't, which is okay. <laughs> I think it's very much okay. And you probably have more friends IRL than I do. <laughs> like if we're all being honest here, you know? Um, oh, and she also asked why they're calling Janelle redacted on Reddit. And I kind of explained that earlier. It's because Janelle is threatening to sue people on Reddit, which is so silly and basically impossible. Because to sue people on Reddit, they would have to, to first subpoena Reddit, get Reddit to give them IP addresses of the users. Then they would have to subpoena the, um, like the internet service providers of those users to get the IP, like who has that IP and then they would have to hope that that person isn't using a VPN to mask their identity. Like, the internet, there are definitely ways to figure people out who they are on the internet. But for the most part, like, the internet is pretty anonymous. And it would be a really big hassle. But they're calling her redacted as a joke to be like, I'm not actually talking about her. So I'm not harassing her. Nobody can accuse me of harassing her. Okay, I think that's all of my questions. Great, we clocked in at one hour. Love to love that. I know this is kind of a short episode for me, but I hope next week I will have some answers on what's going on with Background Checked, when a new Team Mom 2 season's coming, what's going on with all of the people on this show, and I guess I'll do a throwback next week. So thank you all for listening. Oh, by the way, before I leave, I want to plug my Patreon, which I haven't talked about in a couple weeks. I am going back to work, but I'm going to keep my Patreon because I, um, because I really like to do it. I'm going to do it through the summer. And then when I start school, evaluate all my podcasting. But if you go to patreon.com slash Liz Bentley, the link is in my bio. You can find it. Uh, come July, I am going to decrease the cost from $7 to $5 and release probably just about one to two episodes a week there. And I'm not going to cover Sister Wives every week, maybe once or twice a month, I'm, or maybe not at all. I'm still not sure. But I'm going to keep doing commissioned episodes and just talking about things in pop culture that I want to talk about. And just in case you have no idea what I've been talking about on Patreon, I just want to give you some examples of episodes. So last week I did an episode on the social media of the kids of Little People Big World. That's how specific some of these commissions are. I'd care very on it and we just gabbed about Audrey and Jeremy and Jacob and not really Molly and Zach and Tori. It was really fun. I did an episode on the hills. I did an episode on Laguna Beach. My That Laguna Beach episode I think is one of the best podcast episodes I've ever done. It was so fun to do. I did an episode on Polly Married and Dating. Uh, Tomlin and I did an episode on trading spouses. <laughs> and of course, Iconic God Warrior episode. I've done a ton of YouTube coverage. Molly and I did an episode on YouTube couples breaking up. I did an episode on Tana Mojo. Uh, Troy and I did an episode on Trisha Paytas and Shane Dawson. I did an episode on Colin Savannah. I did an episode on Mama June's From Hot to Not, Family Crisis, Upcoming. I've already recorded a bunch of episodes upcoming. I still have way more to do. Uh, commissioned episodes are still rolling in. Oh, and yesterday I put out an episode on Micah Stauffer, Micah and James Stauffer, the adoption people. So I also have upcoming a New York City, a New York City prep, NYC prep episode. I did one talking about the rehab industry and kind of like my story that it, how I got into rehab, basically my addiction story. I'm going to do an early Real Housewives of Orange County episode. 
an intervention episode, another intervention episode. That one's on Julia and Sonia. Dope Sick Love. Um, I just have so many fun commissioned episodes coming up. Toddlers and Tiaras. Oh, I'm going to do an episode on Demi Lovato. Selling Sunset. Another Duggar episode. High Society. Girls Incarcerated. An episode on Kelly Rutherford and her crazy custody case. I'm so excited to do that. A Queen of Versailles episode. So yeah, I have like a ton of shit upcoming. I'm going to push this through summer and then I'm going to reevaluate what I'm doing with it. So if you're interested, go to patreon.com slash Liz Bentley. The link is in my Instagram bio. So that would be fun. I encourage you all to subscribe if you haven't. And yeah, that's it. So thank you all for listening. I love you. I love you. (laughs) Have a good week and pray for me as I go back to work full time. Kiss, kiss. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Solid Listen Network. Find me on Instagram at feathers underscore pod.